Hey everybody, the guest on this episode is my man Born Eye. For those of you who don't know him, he's a hip-hop artist, but he bounces around in a few other genres that are in the electronic and dance realm. He's worked with a lot of electronic artists, uh, bass music artists, producers. He's released projects that are dubstep, trap, drum and bass. He's actually done a few collaborations with Bass Nectar. He makes straight-up hip-hop music and will have an album coming out soon. And he also dabbles in a house music project with AB Logic, which is called Street Disco. And Bornai just wrote a children's book called You Are Enough, which you can find on Amazon. This dude is a force of creativity I've linked to all of this stuff in the show description along with his social media links and streaming platform links so you can check out his music. Personally, I've always been a fan of hip-hop with deeper lyrics. You know, more of that like old-school, underground style, atmosphere, Brother Ali, Murs, Living Legends. Those were the people that I got into hip-hop listening to. And so I'm not surprised that I'm drawn to Bourne's music because his lyrics definitely go past the surface level. And so does this conversation. We get into the details of his journey so far, and he sheds light on the spiritual perspective that allows him to stay balanced. He also talks about how he stays involved in his community and passes that spiritual perspective to children by teaching them meditation and mindfulness. Bourne has a Facebook group for his music community and fans where he posts updates, inspiring messages, and hosts virtual sound baths and meditations as well. I seriously love all this guy does to give back to the world and how he spreads so much love and compassion. I included the link to the Facebook group in the episode description if you want to check it out, which I highly recommend. Don't forget to give him a follow on social media and check out his music too. As always, thank you for tuning in. I'm very grateful for you being here, and I'm excited for you to listen to this episode. Everybody, uh, I'm extremely excited to be here with my friend Born Eye Music, uh, rapper, hip hop artist, musician, um, and we were actually just talking about this new mask that he has uh, and is incorporating into his brand and his his live performances and um, kind of the the depth of what it it means to him. So why don't you uh, explain for everyone again, kind of what you were just telling me. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. So, yo, what's up, Ryan, man? It's good to be here with you. And uh, we have a long history. And so I, I just, before we get in, just express my appreciation to you. And, uh, you know, you are, you've been an integral part of my music life. So, yeah, man, appreciate you. Um, in terms of this mask, so, um, so I've been really fascinated by mask art. Um, so my family is from Ghana in West Africa. Um, and so masks for us as Africans 
are more like a channel into a different dimension or a, or or represent um, um, a, a bridge between this world and the unseen world, as it were. And um, and so I I'm I'm not really sure what started to grab me about masks, but I I'm, I feel like it's connected to that. So I just started searching the hashtag. And I was finding all of these amazing, amazing masks. Um, there's a woman named Damsel Frau who just makes this unbelievable, unbelievable mesh masks. And um, oh gosh, some names I can't even pronounce. But I happened to come across Dan Schaub and his um, um, collection of spiritual mask art. And I found one that really resonated with me, which is the Trimurti mask, which means three bodies. Um, and um, and I just couldn't take my mind off of this mask. Mask. So I reached out to him, and we kind of developed this correspondence over time. And I bet that he probably thought that I was just never going to really bite the bullet and and, and get one of these masks because I just kept talking to him about it. But finally, um, um, I, I I ended up buying uh, this mask that you well you y'all y'all can't hear it, but you, you that you that you see here. And, um, um, and yeah, you know, it just, I wanted to kind of have an, a, like a, like an avatar that would represent where I'm at right now in my life and in my music and, um, uh, and, and symbolize that. And so, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's been what's up with the mask. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope, man. So dope. Uh, yeah, for, for everybody listening, we'll definitely be linking to it, uh, like in the show notes to your socials so everybody can kind of check it out. Um, but yeah, it definitely is like a very, like almost contemporary, like, I mean, I'd even say very futuristic, like yeah. tribal mask. It's almost like this interdimensional, like being looking type thing. <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah, def it definitely it definitely feels that way, and I and I feel like that that energy is kind of it's it's like what the what what my vibe looks and feels like inside right now. So it's so it's it's a pretty accurate representation of where I'm at. <laughs> Hell yeah, man, that's dope. I'm I'm once again like. I'm super excited to have you on this and really excited to get deep into this conversation with you. Uh, I know that you're a very spiritual dude, uh, as am I, um, and I'm super stoked to just get, uh, take, take a, a dive past the surface level and just kind of tap into that born eye mind. But yeah, thank you so much for, uh, for jumping on here, man. We're very grateful to have you. And, uh, I'm, uh, I'm very grateful to, uh, be a small piece to your puzzle and witness, uh, witness the journey so far. And I'm excited for what's ahead as well. Um, so yeah, what a, what a good start into this episode. Um, so like what, what would you say, you know, uh, born eye represents? Mm, mm. Um, uh, well, let me let these, uh, fire engines pass real quick and then, uh, and then I'll answer. <laughs> That's some sort of sign right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, some, some, something. something. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I represent um, love, um, um, trans, transmutation, transfiguration, um, compassion, uh, wisdom, and um, uh, the 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 path to. Um, to becoming who you truly are. Um, that's, that's all that I am trying to express in the world. Um, 
in my in my art and in how I teach and all of that stuff is is are those things. And I I want to you know it's important for me to say that it's not as though I have all of these things figured out. It's not as though I I am an expert. You know there a lot of times when I sit in meditation I bump up against my own like hypocrisy in many, many different ways and ways in which I, I fall short of my own ideals. And, um, but my, it's still, it's still the primary focus of my life is to express these things as honestly and as, 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 and as truly as I can, um, as, as my own journey unfolds. So that's beautiful, man. And yeah, that's, that's what the spiritual journey kind of is for me, you know, like accepting that and that process and accepting that, like this idea of perfection that we have and strive for. And this, like, I, I compare it to like a carrot dangling in front of my face (laughs) that I'm chasing that I'm literally never going to reach. And so it's almost like that process of accepting that, like this, this path and this journey is the success. And it's like, it is the, the, um, really falling into who, like you said, who you truly are, you know, and, and kind of fulfilling that destiny. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there's a tremendous story to be told as, as we go along, you know? Yeah. Trying to, um, I used to be, I still am pretty mission based, you know, but I, but I, um, my mother-in-law, uh, really helped me shift my perspective a long time ago. And she, she said, you know, it always, people always feel like once I get there, that's when things will be, everything will be okay. But, uh, um, you know, don't think of your, don't think of your success as this linear journey, but think of it as a, as a, as a process of blooming. And so that you're, take your success as something that's, take your success for granted, take it, you are already in the blooming of your success. And this is just, one layer of opening towards it, you know, so that, that really helped. And it still helps to adjust my perspective when I kind of get like tunnel visioned into like, Oh, it should be this way. It should be that way. You know, it's like, no, it's just, it's just this way. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. 100%. And so like, would you say that the art and you and everything that you represent is kind of all integrated together. Like there's no really separation between born eye as a, as a human and born eye as a musician, as an artist. There, there definitely used to be a, there definitely used to be a big sort of shift. You know, I, I started, so the name born eye comes from my original artist name, born infinite, um, which I may return to, you know, down the line. Um, um, I just claimed the Born Infinite page on Spotify. <laughs> I love but, that name. Um, um, when I left the group, I was at, I was in a group called Shambhala or Shambhala, and then when I left that group and went, and that was a very like heady spiritual rap group, kind of like Wu Tang meets the Fugees. It was really dope. If you ever want to hear some of my early early stuff, look up Shambhala, the Lotus of. That's my very first album. Um, with, with my partner, uh, Agua, my brother Agua. Um, but after I left that group, I wanted to do stuff that was a little bit more sort of, um, I guess, mainstream for lack of a better word. So I, so I changed my name from Born Infinite to Born I and then Born I Music. Um, and, uh, so it's now back to Born I, but when I was creating the persona of Born I Music, I was sort of pantomiming what I thought, um, 
a mainstream artist or mainstream way of life or whatever was supposed to be. So I definitely turned transformed from this like otherwise bohemian kind of like spiritual guy to definitely like um, uh, a raging asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I was not, I was just, I, you know, I was really, I, I was trying to exp experience what life on the other side was like. So I was partying a lot and I was going, I was, I, I became like nightclub born. I became nightlife born. I became uh, all kinds of indulgences born, all that shit. So yeah, so I definitely, there was definitely was a separation at first and gradually um, it's, it's sort of, the, 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 me, Ofosu, and and me, Born I, are are have become relatively inseparable. There's not really there's not really a place where one begins and where one ends. I I would say that Born I is Ofosu singing. That's it. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. So like, would you say that you know that that part of the process of kind of going to the other side and then swinging back, like it was necessary? Oh, I'm really happy that I have that I survived it because I fucking put myself through, put my mind and my body and my brain through a lot. <laughs> but it really was necessary because when I was in Shambhala, I was rapping about, um, oh gosh, um, you know, they, these were very heady, heady, heady raps. You know, like communion, eye offering, interfusion, blessed sacrament, the union, the illusion, blinking through the mirror of time, the doorway to enter divine, realization of mind as the vehicle. I mean, that's so over the top, like, uh, I, you know, that's just so over the top, like, kind of spiritual rap shit that, like, but it was all me, it was all aspirational. It was like, I wish I knew all this you know i read all this and i can make it rhyme but like i wish this was my experience and but i have all i still had all these desires i wanted to go to the strip club i want to drink i want to smoke i want to you know put shit in my face all that you know and so um i i, I just want to experience what that's like and so i don't want to pretend like i'm like i've reached some sort of spiritual enlightenment before before experiencing what life really all what, what the other sides of life are are about. So yeah, I think that for me to feel more, for me to feel truly kind of convinced that um, this way of being for me is the right way for me, I, I I needed to have gone on these different pathways and explored them. So yeah, yeah. I'm grateful that my family was patient with me <laughs> and <laughs> and. And that, I mean, it's still a pretty wild life that I live, but like, it's, um, I think, um, I think I've made some adjustments that feel healthier now. Definitely. That's awesome, man. And so like, you know, I always say there's like, there's two different forms of like knowledge and wisdom, you know, and one of it is kind of intellectual knowing and it's yeah. like you can you can know the information and you can speak it and you can almost like uh be the messenger of it but then the other side is like the realization and almost like the embodiment of it you know and so do you feel like that was kind of like the difference between the two sides yeah 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 definitely i mean i think that it's i think that in my music you can hear I mean, there's so many projects that I've recorded and not released because I, um, for, for, for many reasons, for one reason or another, but 
um, there is um, there is this sort of journey of authenticity that I'm that I'm on. I just want it to be as honest and as real as possible, and I want that to come out more than kind of painting a picture of what I think I should say or what I think it should be. Um, and so, yeah, um, I, 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 I say to, to our artists when, I, when I'm talking to them, like nothing convinces like conviction. If you're just, if you're completely convicted in, uh, in, in if you have complete conviction about where you are in this moment, ex just express that, you know, there's nothing, you can't, it's like, it's like what the Oracle said to Neo in the Matrix, no one can tell you that you're in love, you either are or you're not, you know, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm striving to express um, in all of my ways now. Yeah, definitely, man. And so like, I always say the, the recipe for success as being an artist is authenticity and vulnerability. And it's like, you just repeat that over and over and over again. And like, eventually things build and they build to the point of where they're supposed to get, you know? And so do you feel like you've included now like a, a vulnerable side of yourself in your music? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. There's, um, and that was the toughest part because I mean, I come from an era from a, from, um, from a test sort of testosterone fueled, uh, you know, uh, macho like era. And like, if you remember some of the older stuff I had had this like sort of kingly royal dominance aspiration to it, even with like spirituality involved. And, um, and, more and more, you know, I, I wanted to get away from that and just express where sometimes I feel completely, um, sometimes I feel just com like a complete failure at life, you know, and sometimes, and, uh, and then what it means to pull myself, uh, what it means to pull myself up from, um, from feeling super low, you know, to talk about mental health issues, to talk about moments where I feel um, where I've wrestled with suicidal ideation and depression and stuff like that. And, um, so yeah, so for sure. I mean, the most recent single I have Lotus dream, the, the, the opening lyrics are, I feel awake when I'm dreaming every night facing the demons, look in the sky and I'm looking inside and I don't know which one to believe in. I've been fighting this battle forever in the light and the shadows together. So many times I've been reincarnated. You think by now I would know better. But no. <laughs> oh, beautiful, man. That just gave me chills. <laughs> man, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Where is that uh is that single out on? Is it on yeah, Tribal it's Trap? Out, it's out now on Tribal Trap. It's it's single number two from the album Eleven Eleven that um that I uh recorded with uh my brother Tenka out in France. I recorded that here, but Tenka's in France. And um I was gonna be in France now recording all the videos, but uh, you know, our situation doesn't allow for that. But um but yeah, that's from that's out now on Tribal Trap. It's on Spotify, all, all platforms, and it's called Lotus Dream. Awesome. Well, I, I can't wait to hear the full album, man. I'm stoked. Thanks, man. I'm excited for you. Um, so let's talk for a second about kind of like the process of going from hip hop, like mm -hmm. straight hip hop, to yeah. the electronic scene and then finding your own way to kind of mix both of those together for your own projects, you know, like what, what has that journey and that process kind of been like and how has it, has it changed up until, you know, this point in time? <laughs> Man. Well, that is, that's, that is, a, it, it, 
that could be a several hours story, but we are we are going to condense it. Um, <clears throat> you are a part of this story. Um, um, if you would like me to to leave you out of it, I can. I can. But like you're, you know, you're you're you are mentioned in the narrative. Um, if if that's cool. Yeah, um, definitely. I'm I'm grateful yeah. to be mentioned. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you know, um, it's actually you 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 actually represent the moment that that, that it happened. So, um, well, so I've always done hip hop and electronic music, um, since the beginning of my career. Um, but the, but the, but electronic music was always something that was kind of to the side and hip hop was front and center. So, um, in the, when I was in college, I was, uh, starting my career as a rapper, but, um, my, uh, my friend, AB Logic and Godfather Sage and Axiom, um, they were all doing drum and bass. And so I would go to raves with them and and be their MC. And so and I wouldn't rap like a traditional UK drum and bass MC. I'd rap like you know if Mob Deep was rapping over drum and bass. So uh, so it, it was this really cool like dynamic, and we became fixtures in the sort of DC, VA, Baltimore um, drum and bass scene. Um, that that the, the the crew was called Mind, Mind Control. And uh, and I was the MC. So uh, while that was happening, I was still uh, putting out like, you know, independent hip hop projects and stuff like that and hosting open mics and all that. And um, when I got into that group Shambhala, it became much more of a hip hop centric focus for me. Um, and because um, uh, I was also doing like I was also like rapping in like this jazz band. I was doing a bunch of shit. And uh, and then it became really much more about hip hop for me. When I got out of Shambhala, we had a lot of success at Shambhala as an underground group. Underground success is different than mainstream success, but it was a great time with with uh, with Shambhala. And then I got out of that group, and um, uh, uh, want, when I started creating the persona of Born Eye Music, I wanted it originally to be what I called Afro Asian electro hop. So I wanted to incorporate the electronic sounds back into my music and have some like indigenous kind of vibes happening there too. So that's kind of always been the vision. And just now I'm like getting it. But um, in that trajectory, I recorded projects and some came out, some didn't. And, and, um, and I started working with, um, with, uh, my brother Omar Ahmedzeh. He, he goes by Shaman Omar now. He's, uh, he, he, he's evolved from being a businessman to, um, to a shaman. And, uh, it's been a pretty crazy evolution, but he was my manager for a long time. Um, along with, uh, my brother, Nate Montpettit and, um, before I met, uh, Tom and through Nate and through Omar, um, uh, we, created um a a project that was really tr sort of trap heavy but um and, and uh, but also really lyrical you know so it, it so at the time like the like trap hip-hop stuff you know you just you didn't really hear people spitting like super bars over it and so that's kind of what we were trying to trying to trying to do there um we we put a project together it was supposed to come out um, we ran into a major, uh, operational hurdle. We, with our financing, somebody was like stealing from within the company. So went right at the moment when we thought everything was going to happen, it all kind of fell apart. So that I'm not the first person in music to have that story, but it was pretty devastating. 
after not being so the project was good, was called King's Landing. I was really big into Game of Thrones at the time that was about to drop. It, the project never came out, but one piece, two pieces of that project did see the light of day. One of them was called Blue, and one of them was called Supreme Mathematics. So Blue was a straight up hip hop single produced by uh, DC Soul Plus Mind. And it was an autobiographical story about my life. And um, that got sent out by my publicist and was picked up by EDM, by EDM.com and to be featured on their hip hop channel. Now, I don't know if you were working with them at the time that Blue came out, but, um, uh, but, that, but, but when Blue dropped, it was my first experience with having a record out on a big SoundCloud channel and Blue did really, really well on the EDM.com slash hip hop SoundCloud channel. So from there, I started investigating more and I saw there was a trap channel and we had Supreme Mathematics. And so I think I had a record called Eden and then I sent Eden and Eden got picked up and Eden did really well. I'm starting to do numbers that I'd never seen before. And then we dropped Supreme Mathematics. And Supreme Mathematics um, did extraordinarily well, and I think this—I think you're in the picture somewhere around this time here. I think I was starting to slide into the picture yeah. right around there. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And um, um, and what what ended up happening is um, we had shot this really big budget video for Supreme. It debuted on Revolt TV, and Diddy tweeted about it, and so we were on this huge trajectory, but. We just didn't have the finances as an independent operation to, to do another Supreme at the scale that we did it. But what, what had happened, so we were kind of in this like flat space, like what do we do from here? You know, we hit this huge mark, we're on TV, we got a tweet from Diddy, people love this record, but what people don't know about the industry is like if you're, as, if you're an independent and you're shooting for the stars, you gotta have shoot for the stars money. And we had just exhausted our resources. So. What was happening, though, was organically the EDM community was embracing Supreme Mathematics as well. There's a, it, 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 it's produced by a producer named Black, and it's got a Keys and Crate sample in there and some other stuff. So it, Supreme Mathematics was this perfect combo of hip-hop and electronically influenced you know, trap music. And so it, there were a lot of DJs were spinning that record. P, uh, this Song is Sick was into it, and just... It, I started realizing that I was, that my music was being embraced by the EDM community. So it made me, it, it brought me back to my dubstep roots and my drum and bass roots. Cause yeah, I was doing dubstep back, back in the first kind of era of dubstep. And it brought me back to all of that. And, um, and then through the success of Supreme and through su the success of some of the other features I was doing, that's how I met Tom Dern, rest in peace. And, um, uh, and he became my manager and we just kind of, and he, and he proposed that if I trusted him over the next 18 months, he would make me a fixture in electronic music in a way that really hasn't been done before. And, um, and from there, uh, we went on a tear where I was, I, I think in 2016, I probably released maybe, I, I was probably a part of maybe like 60 or 70 uh, features. And that grew, to, that grew from like sort of mid-level artists to higher tier artists to then working with Lucid, 
working and 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 from and from working with Lucid then to working with Bass Nectar and then to kind of me having this um, wide presence in in EDM music. So um, from there, it, I I I I became closely associated with Nectar, closely associated with Arius, Spaghetti, um, and uh, etc. and um, and started putting out my own lyric, my own like my own EDM records as a rapper, which I thought was kind of uh, a novel concept, and um, and uh, working with small, just younger producers, etc., and just really working across the EDM spectrum. And so, yeah, that brings us to this point here, where uh, I have my album, which is a trap. Which is which is my Afro Asian electro hop concept uh, rolled out um, with uh, with this sort of ethnic trap uh, soundtrack with Tanka. That album is out. The Eleven Eleven album that we're rolling out now, and then um, and then uh, a hip hop project to, to to follow that. So that was a long story. I hope. I hope I hope it was palatable. <laughs> oh, that, amazing, dude. What a beautiful journey so far, you know? And like obviously all journeys are going to come with the ups and the downs and like, you know, like you said from this is coming from me too, like RIP Tom, like I had the pleasure of of meeting him only once in person, but I got to speak with him over email a lot when, you know, you were working with him and like it sounds like he was kind of like, you know, sent to you a little bit you know like he he turned the corner for your career in in electronic music i am getting super chills right now man like so the reason why the album is called 1111 is because um 1111 is a special number to me um and when tom and so tom and i were at edc i was performing at edc vegas with Spaghetti and Tom and I were driving, mean, it was such a moment for us. And we were driving to the, either we were, we were driving to the, the grounds and, um, and I think 1111 popped up on the, on the clock and Tom just casually said, okay, make a wish. And that I, I didn't realize that 1111 was a important number for him also. So, um, it, it became this unspoken thing that both of us really held this number in high esteem, but um, uh, but we never really spoke on it. So I, I when he passed, um, I would I, I became more aware of the, of the, of eleven eleven on the clock uh, than I had before, and I felt that it was a way that either he was speaking to me or that I could just speak to him. So anytime I saw 1111, I would just say, I, I still say, Tom, I love you. I miss you. Um, you know, please uh, uh, be with me on this journey still. And, uh, but you know, wherever you are in your journey, I hope you're good. You know, we'll just have, we'll just talk. I went and got a tattoo of his logo on my right hand when I was in San Francisco. And as I was leaving the tattoo shop, it was on the it was on the one year anniversary of his passing, and as I was leaving the tattoo shop, I said I was talking to him. I was like, "Man, I'm so happy I got this tattoo. Um, you know, uh, I miss you so much." And but now, you know, I did this so that you'll have a hand in everything that I do now. And I walked down into this underpass, and written on the wall was 1111. Dude, I just had and, to take a breath. And, and, and you just you just cannot I. 
you know, there's a there's a line in Hamlet that I'm paraphrasing, but it says there are more things on heaven and earth than are contained in your philosophy, Horatio. And it's just like, I don't care what you believe for that for that moment that you, there's no denying that that moment happened. And the and that the, the personal significance of that moment to me, you know, to me and Tom's relationship. And, and so last night. So you're so you're talking about. So, yes, Tom being sent. Right. And uh, and I'm seeing the, the you know, the wind move across the trees outside my window now. And last night I'm kind of shifting. I'm, I'm, I'm reorganizing my social media so that I don't feel drained after putting my phone down, but uplifted. So I'm changing. I'm really looking for all the hashtags to follow on Instagram that make me feel bad, good, you know. And so I'm looking up, you know, Muay Thai and a lot of spiritual quotes. So I, so I looked up the hashtag Dalai Lama quote and. And the Dalai Lama is a really important person to me. And so I was reading all the tags in this and it was just a bunch of 1111s. And I was like, what is that about? And, but what the, all, what was underneath all the 1111s was like, be patient. The moment is coming. Um, this is this, this, all the waiting and all the, all the working that you've been, that you've been doing is going to, is, is about to manifest all. And, and, I didn't, it didn't click for me at first. And I was like, oh shit, damn, Tom, is this, oh, and then one thing, one of them said, this is your, this is, this is a sign. And so I was like, oh man, um, wow, I feel so uh, reached out to and connected with you right now, Tom, um, in, in that moment last night. So for us to be talking about him and for you to mention him as like godsend is, uh, is very true. I feel pretty emotional about it. And, uh, yeah, he absolutely is that. And, uh, and, and I love him a lot and I appreciate him a lot. Oh my God, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Like, I had chills the whole time you were just talking about that. And like, I, I have full confidence that his, his legend will live on forever with you, man, forever. And like, whew, I, I, I'm like, I'm almost speechless right now. Like, whoo. Thank you for sharing that, bro. Um, so you've been through a lot of stuff in your life, <laughs> <laughs> lots of challenges, lots of you know. I follow your uh, your group uh, on Facebook, um, and and I've always followed your socials, and you know you've always been very vulnerable on there about the things that you've gone through and stuff. And so, like, how do you? get through that how what types of habits and practices and and ways of of acceptance and pushing through do you adopt in your life um you know uh my my seven-year-old uh, uh well okay you'll be seven soon <laughs> my six-year-old just walked in the room and and um you know, I cannot overstate how much the love and support from my family helps me to get through, um, helps to get through the, the major stumbling block in my life, which is usually myself. Um, but, um, you know, on top of that, you know, anxiety probably more than any other uh, internal challenge um, has really been the, the big one for me. Um, and on, you know, on top of just life circumstances, living the life of an artist is, it, you know, it's just, it has so much uncertainty wrapped up in it and so much self 
criticism and, 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 and self-doubt and you add that to a, a mind that is bent towards anxiety, it is, it is pretty difficult to, uh, to navigate those challenges. And then you do, you do find ways to turn to things that are not always healthy to cope with that. So, um, um, but through it all, my meditation practice and the teachings of, of, of the Dharma or mindfulness or the teachings of being awake and happy, which are, those have, those continue, um, those have really, really been, um, uh, a guide for me. And what I, when you're practicing meditation, Oftentimes, you're wanting to be connected with a certain object of meditation, so your breath or sound or sensation, and it's inevitable that the mind will drift off. And really, most of meditation is is is, or most of mindfulness, I would say, is finding a way to gently bring yourself back to the present moment and to establish yourself there again and again and again. And so if you drift off, you notice that you've, drift off, you've drifted off and then you gently bring yourself back. And that's kind of a wider metaphor for life where you know, there are times where, where I drift off or there are times where I just get really, really down and it's really, really difficult. But the idea that every breath is a new opportunity, every present moment experience is a way to hit reset. There's there is infinite space as long as we are alive to um, to recalibrate and to come back to uh, to this moment and to be brand new all over again. Um, that always gives me this sort of sense of resilience that, okay, no matter how deep in a hole I am or no matter how far off to the left or the right I am, I can pick myself up and I can come back to center. I can come back to this moment and I can begin again. Um, and, uh, and so it's the grace of the next breath, the grace of the next moment, the kindness that's shown to me by, by others, the kindness that I try to show to myself. I tried over time to develop this counter voice because there's, because anxiety and negative ideation, negativity bias has a voice and it's always telling you that you're going to fuck this up and you're not shit and et cetera. And so I tried to, and, and that's almost like an automatic voice that we, that we almost, that all of us have. So I tried to build this other voice that's like a friend inside that, that if you were having a shitty day and you talk to your friend, your friend would do all that, it, that they could to encourage you and, 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 and maybe give you a hug and, and, and say all the things that would lift you up. So I try to develop that inner voice that was more kind and spoke more kind words to myself and, uh. And, and that has been helpful as well. So um, trying to be present, trying to be kind, being a recipient of the kindness of others and, um, and continuing to come back again and again and again. That's been the path for me. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, like I would, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you on the meditation aspect. Uh, I jumped down a path of spirituality uh, like a year and a half ago, I'd say. Um, and it, meditation has, it saved my life. Like I, I don't know what, where I would have ended up if I didn't, you know, find meditation and mindfulness. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I wasn't in a, a horrible spot, but even thinking about far down in the future, if I hadn't learned these habits and these practices and like specifically like um, 
I've used meditation to heal trauma, you know, like I've, uh, I, my father passed away when I was 10 years old. Um, there's a lot of deep conditioning around that, a lot of deep trauma when I was a teenager and, uh, more so in my early twenties, I, you know, went down a path of addiction and partying and, and all that stuff. And, and using meditation and stillness and mindfulness, um, to, heal that and to really dig into that has it's changed me as a person completely and i i fully believe that meditation will be an aspect of the future of of mental health and it will be a major major player in mental health moving forward i I, yeah you know i i totally i totally agree um you know two kind of two things on that note it's it's it, it it's not like a egotistical validation, but definitely I've been practicing and teaching for for as long as I've been an artist, and uh, which is a long time. And um, uh, at one time, you know, people sort of saw meditation and mindfulness as this fringe kind of thing, and um, it, to, to to see it become a part of school systems. And I teach in schools and stuff like that too. You know, as 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 a as a guest mindfulness teacher and all that to, to see mindfulness become a part of like the core tenets of 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 school systems for instance you know a lot of the a lot of the work that i've done as a teacher has been with young people so it's really cool to see that it's been embraced by society finally you know in in, in this meaningful way and um um and 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 for people who were um, very skeptical about it to at one, at, at one point to have, have, have embraced it. Uh, the other point I'll make is that I really do recommend that, that people either start in a, that start their meditation journey in, in the most simple way possible or to find, um, to find a teacher or to find, um, an app. I mean, I, I, I am working on, on, uh, I'm a meditation coach on the balance app and, uh, but you know, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily plugging that. I'm just saying that find resources to support your meditation practice. I started my practice as like a lone wolf and, um, and I developed, I developed habits that I really have had to work to undo over time. And I developed habits that sort of exacerbated my anxiety and if I had a guide or a teacher, you know, that could really sort of walk me through in a very gentle way, um, uh, I, I would not have had to go through the the, the 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 sort of meditation hurdles that I went through. So I always recommend that anybody beginning a, a meditation journey start very light, start start easy, be gentle, have have fun, experiment with it, and find a guide or find guidance to sort of bring you in in an easy way. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I I mean, I started per- exactly how you said. I, I use this app, uh, Aura. And, okay. And, um, you know, like I started by doing three minutes uh, every day, three-minute guided sessions. And I told myself that I'd do that for a month and then I'd yep. move, move up to five minutes and then yep. move up to seven minutes and eventually 10, then 15. And then I wanted to get to a point where, you know, I, I was doing it on my own. And, you know, after six, seven months, I reached that point of, you know, I'm doing 25, 30 minute meditations alone now uh, without any guidance. And I think people have this conception of, of meditation as like this, 
you sit for hours and hours in one position and travel through dimensions in your mind. And it's like this, and obviously you can get to that point, but it's so much more about becoming the observer and becoming the witness of like kind of whatever just arises, you know, and just like accepting what is coming up and trying to understand it. And you're not trying to fix it. You're not trying to like go in there and find out what's wrong with you and like, you know, operate on yourself but it's like the understanding aspect of it and when you understand and when you become aware then you take action to move forward on that you know and you integrate it and so like I just think it's amazing that that is a side of you as uh you know the message that you are pushing and what you represent you know and I I I'm just so excited to see the type of community that you're going to be able to build from this and that you've already started to build. And like, so you're doing like guided meditation sessions with kind of like the, the born eye family and stuff that you have on Facebook, right? Yep. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I, I might do a short one after, uh, after I, after we get off here. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, so I've always kind of had this kind this, this trepidation as to whether or not I, I should bring these two worlds together because I've always operated in the mindfulness and meditation world and in the music world. And the, and my music has always had this element, um, of, of, of expressing, um, the, uh, what it means to pay attention to yourself in a kind way, you know, you know which is what I see mindfulness as, as being. And, and, um, <clears throat> And so, I mean, you know, on some dubstep records, I'm just like, you know, get your fucking hands up. But <laughs> it's I, necessary sometimes. Very yeah, necessary. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's 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 dubstep awareness. That's dubstep meditation. That's fine. You know? Hey, man, so, you got to got to be able to get your hands up and party too. Like, you know, <laughs> we there's all you know, as long as you're being present with it, that's all good. So, um, but yeah, you know, I I I have over. I would say over the past two years. Um, last year, I wrote three projects, um, one of which is out now, the 1111, what well, is rolling out now. The other one is my is my hip hop album called In This Moment. And, um, and I was going to lead with that first, but um, we decided to lead with 1111 first. And, um, uh, you know, while I was writing all the and, and then the other one's kind of like this, like uh, uh, really fun, housey project that, you know, I'm keeping under wraps for now. But um, while I was writing all of these projects, um, it became clear to me that I'm in a space now personally and artistically where I don't feel that there's a big separation between my spiritual life and my music life. And I don't have to separate these brands. You know, I, 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 um, um, I, I can pull them together and, and integrate them. So, so yeah, I think it... Um, it makes it more fun and less stressful to be able to just do all of me in all of these different ways and have it, have it all be connected. Definitely, man. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I think it was bound to happen eventually and you just kind of caught up to that, those points intersecting now, you know, like, and it's interesting you say like, you know, not mixing music with spirituality, but it's like, it's almost like all music is spiritual, like the process of creating it. Like I've heard, I've heard the word used, uh, for music is it's transcendence. It is like, and like, that's why people, why it's so important to people. And it like, it pulls you out 
of whatever you are in, you know, it's a, it can pull you out of your body into another, into another place in your mind. And you can literally perceive like an extra dimension that's going on, like with this music, you know, it's, you, you know, it's, you know, I, I was, I last, last night, no, the night before last, um, a producer, uh, a, a close producer friend of mine, Linz Prague, um, sent me, um, sent me a few beats. So he, he, he produced a, the majority of the stuff that's on the, um, that's on the, in this moment album. And he sent me a few more beats and I was like, Oh, you know, if I had, if I had put this album out ahead of time, gosh, I wouldn't have had these, these, uh, these, these new tracks. And, um, and I was trying to go to sleep and I would just keep waking up because this, the, 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 the flutes in this track would just, would, uh, were, were just kind of haunting me. They didn't, the track, the, the song demanded to be attended to, you know, it's like it, it had a life of its own and it just kept on knocking on my consciousness. Like you gotta, you gotta finish this. So like, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's like, it's, uh, what is the, I'm not going to do the whole thing. I'm just trying to remember. Um, uh, let's see. The hook is, what is this? Oh, damn it. Well, you're looking for that for a second. Yeah. I just want to say like, Maybe your intuition knew those beats were coming. That's why it told you to hold off on putting it, that album out. <laughs> no, really, it really, um, it really could. Like the hook is like, um, I've been switching lanes with the shit. Uh, came into the game with a break. Uh, had to break it down into pieces. Leonardo, Mona Lisa's, but I just want to fly with the birds and surf on the tide when it curves. Some will get rich or die trying but I don't want to die unenlightened. <laughs> oh and, my God. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so like, it's, it's, I was like, oh man, what if I never wrote that song? You know? So I'm really, I really, it's, it's not the craziest lyrical display. And that's, what's kind of changing for me too, is like, I used to just go balls to the wall with the bars, but I'm realizing so much more that like, and I wish someone would have told me this a long time ago. Well, I came from a, I came from a moment. I come from this moment where lyrics were just so prized, and they're very prized to me too. But it doesn't matter if I can recite the whole alphabet and make it rhyme. It matters if if I can communicate a feeling um, that's all, that that comes out of my heart, and that can hopefully create a heart to heart connection with the people who are listening. So. Um, that part of it also the thinking about this like music is a feeling music is a heart communication that is what um um whether it's the most like whether it's the most trapped out like hood lyrics ever or or it's the most like divinely inspired shit i mean there's not really a difference i don't think but um as long as it's coming as long as you're communicating a feeling from the heart that's the that's the goal of the artist so that's really been my my journey and it's and it's also and it's a meditation it's a meditative journey as well so it's helped to bring all those things together yeah, definitely it's like uh the the term comes to mind for me less is more and it's it's like it's so true like all the small little cliches are like they carry so much deep truth and that's why i think that they exist forever you know yeah. they just they just continue to carry on and that's interesting that you say you know like uh communication of the heart and so like it's when you're in your mind 
you're all about this, like, I should be doing this. Well, I should be doing that. Like, this is what people want to hear. This is how I'm going to get attention and get success. And then you move closer to that heart and you move further away from the ego. And it there's when the authenticity and the vulnerability kicks in. And it's like, that is the magnet, you know, like that is, that is the communication of the heart. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be, that's going to continue to be my, my path as an artist is to, is to keep returning to that heart space and speaking from there um, as, as, as often that, you know, as uh, until that's the only way that, 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 that I create, you know, I think, I think I still definitely get kind of caught up in my head at times. And what, what I, one of the, one of the tough parts of, the years that Tom and I were just like this like factory of just output, like so many records. So, I mean, the stuff that came out versus what was what was recorded, it's basically, a, I, I'm, I, I don't even know, but I definitely over, when we were just, just pumping out uh, features, I mean, you know, you're talking about a hundred to a hundred plus songs a year and, um, and so when you get into that mode, you do, you, there is a certain level of mastery to it, right? It's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I can do this, you know, but, um, and, and there, there is a theme to all of, all of the, all of the things that I'm communicating. So it's like, yes, I can, I can put out this level of output on this theme and I can do it with my eyes closed. So really slowing down and, and, and delving deep in and say, okay, now we're not going to, sort of regurgitate the standard born uh, narrative over these per- these records that are personal to me, like we've got to go like a step deeper and, um, and, and come from a place that, that is, uh, yeah, that's deeper. And that's, and that's more, that's more true to me in this moment. Yeah. So what's your creative process like? Oh, you know, um, I spent so many of my years as a, as an artist working in the nine to five working world. So the only time I would ever really get to be alone and write would be in the car. So um, as dangerous as that's. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just disclaimer. He probably wasn't driving most of the time. <laughs> I was driving all of its time. So don't do, don't be like me, but I survived it by the skin of my teeth. Uh, but I definitely have a very mean kneecap steering wheel game. And, uh, and then voice texting came and that saved my, that probably saved my life. Whoever came up with voice to text saved my damn life because yeah, that's, um, even my kids and my wife still are just like, please stop. So I, so I, I've tried, I've tried to chill, but a lot of times, um, uh, my my process is usually I will listen to. It, I'll usually work with the producer. The producer will send me a beat, and um, and if if I feel the best situation for me is when I hear the beat and I just start right away, like. I don't. I usually don't start with words. I usually start with um, tones and and uh, and and syncopation. So if I hear a beat and it just makes me start just kind of mumbling incoherently, like no 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 no, you know, just uh, then then it's kind of grabbed me, you know. Um, 
some beats are a challenge and they don't grab me, but they initially, but they intrigue me. So uh, my math teacher in, in um, ninth grade, uh, a class that I otherwise failed, but he uh, gave me this great advice. He said, you know, whenever you can't solve a problem, put it to the side because your subconscious is going to continue to work on it. And I guarantee when you come back to it, you'll have a better shot at solving it um, uh, when you do. So when there's a beat that poses a challenge and I'm intrigued, I'll just put it to the side and I'll come back and usually I'll be able to start uh, working with it. Um, uh, so it usually begins with me hearing the beat, me coming to it with sounds and tones and then um, and then sitting with it um, and de- and then allowing the words to just come. A lot of times, um, if I haven't, if, if I'm driving to the studio and I haven't finished the song, by the time I get to the studio, it'll be done because that driving process. Um, uh, but it's really great for me to drive around and listen to beats and and, and get ideas flowing, um, and then to sit and. Um, I really don't go into writing a song and say, this is what the song is going to be about. You know, it starts to happen. And then what the song is about reveals itself to me over time. There are some artists that I work with, like, like mine, for instance, uh, my boy, my boy, my boy, Chris, you know, he, he, he always prefers that the hook gets written first and then we write around it. And it's actually easier for me if an artist says like, Hey, this is the concept, you know, um, and then I can just address that immediately. But for my own stuff, it just is this unfolding that happens. And, and by the time the song is over, then that's what the song's about. <laughs> it's like the flower blooming, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. What a, what a piece of advice from your ninth grade math teacher. <laughs> yeah. Brother John Lawless. Yeah. I, uh, gave me a D I tried to forge it into a B and that's what I remember. And I remember, that advice, and uh, and it turns out that I have a mild uh, arithmetic, like uh, that I transpose numbers. So that that's probably that probably had a lot to do with my difficulties in math. Uh, and so I don't feel I don't feel too bad about myself these days for utterly failing at math <laughs> throughout life. But uh, but his advice translated beyond just mathematics translates to most anything. If you have a, you know human beings are natural problem solvers, so that's that it's it that's why we have what's called negativity bias because we want to anything that pops up that is that we see as a problem we want to solve that problem so so and we, and we will and, and we will obsess over it in our subconscious until we do yeah that's insane hey manda i i'm i'm in the same boat with math i used to cry in math class in high school <laughs> oh man you know i ended up with a with with 10 points shy of a perfect score in the verbal on the sat but um, and you know that would make sense, seeing as how words are like my life. But uh, man, I will not discuss what my math score was, and <laughs> it was just really tough for me. But you know, we're creatives. You know, that's that's uh, it, it, it's common among some creatives that 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 that's what it is. So definitely, I mean, life is pretty much one big math problem. So you're figuring <laughs> something out. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. So what was your relationship like uh, with music when you were a kid and when you were growing up? Um, you know, I, I, I can trace the, uh, m- my career as a multi-genre artist to 
listen to my life at home um, and the music that was present there. So my dad was such a is not a musician, but he is such an avid lover of music that it was almost like growing up with a musician at home. And my, like I said, my parents are from Ghana in West Africa, so we would listen to a lot of uh, what's called high life music, just like traditional Ghanaian dance, jazz, pop music, um, what, what people would call Afrobeat today. You know, it's, it's, it's it, but high life is kind of its own thing. Um, and uh, I would listen to a lot of that, but my father was also a huge jazz aficionado, so listened to a lot of John Coltrane and Miles Davis and Sonny Rollins and and um, Art uh, uh, Blakey and the Art Ensemble of Chicago, all, all just so much jazz, so much African music, and then also so much... Um, uh, just world music, indigenous music from Brazil and, and um, classical music, you know, that at, any t and at, at any time in my house, it was just a smorgasbord of, and then my dad was also very much into contemporary, um, <clears throat> I say was, he still is, all, you know, into, into contemporary music as well. Um, <clears throat> I think music is how he really came to understand the world and you know he lost his dad when he was when he was young also and i think music became a really big source of comfort and identity for him um and it, it, and and he translated or transferred this broad concept of music love to me and so he wasn't one of those parents that listened to new music and was like oh this shit sucks you know in my day you know he was very much he also like soul and uh, Frank Sinatra, all that stuff was, and I became a huge aficionado of all the stuff my parents and my dad was listening to. And then he also encouraged me to really dive into the uh, the music of my generation as well. So my, he bought me my first uh, rap CD, you know, would, would buy, would, would throw me the CD catalogs when those things existed and say like, you know, pick out anything here that you like. And, um, um, and so, I mean, all of that, it, that's not to say that he was happy when I said I wanted to become a rapper. It's just that he gave me a big storehouse of music love. Um, over time, you know, hip hop took, took hold of my life, took hold of my mind. And my mom was a huge supporter of my, of my desire to become a, a, a rapper and a, and a hip hop artist. And, um, um, you know, I I was listening to a lot of the so Nas, Wu Tang, um, um, A Z, um, you know, Biggie, Mob Deep, um, you know, all, all the, the 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 East Coast Renaissance of hip hop in the '90s and uh, and in the 2000s. Um, you know, was the Roots and Common and you know. Um, Jedi Mind Tricks and, you know, all these super lyricists, uh, Big Pun and, you know, um, Lauren Hill and the Fugees and, uh, um, oh gosh, I mean, yeah, so these, these artists, where I realized that you could have a spiritual understanding and a spiritual awakening through music was through listening to all these different hip hop artists who were giving me a spiritual education through their lyrics. You know, and I, 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 I think that a lot of what I do is trying to be is trying to honor all of them who, who really did 
guide me and acted as like a sort sort of sur- I'm an only child, so these were like surrogate big brothers and big big sisters to me that were like teaching me the game, you know. Um, you know, I, I I also ended up you know uh, doing some street-based activities when I was younger. And and these were people who were involved in street life, but also had had a, had very spiritual ways of looking at the world. And so it, it allowed me to understand how, you know, uh, you don't have to separate, you don't have to, you don't have to, just because you make certain life choices or, you know, it doesn't make you a bad person, you know, it doesn't mean that you don't aspire to be enlightened if you, if, if you have to sell drugs, you know what I mean? And, and, and things of that nature. So the, and, and, and so I fell in love with hip hop. I, it was the Wu-Tang forever album that made me want to become a rapper for real, for real. And, um, and I jumped into those waters and have not, have not jumped out. <laughs> Been treading ever since. Ever since, yeah. Oh man, swimming. Well, yeah, 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 swimming for sure. Swimming, then treading for a little bit, then swimming oh, again. Swimming and treading, swimming and treading. Yeah, that's all it is, man. It's just the constant process. Well, man, what a perfect way to wrap up this conversation. We're coming right to the end, and Thanks, I just wanted to say, like, thank you for sharing what you just shared on this podcast. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for expressing your authenticity and like. Thank you for showing up the way that you do in the world, man. You're a light for everybody. And like, I have zero doubt that the community you're building and the message that you're pushing is really going to to change the world. Like, I have zero, zero doubt. And I'm just, I'm very grateful for you, man. Very. Thank you so much. I'm grateful for you as well. Um, you know, uh, I, I, what I say all the time is when people have kind things to say about what I'm doing is that we all do it together. You know, it's, it's that we, we are all uh, a family, you know, whether we acknowledge it up front or not. And, and, um, I, I, I could not be doing this without your support, without the support of the, the born eye family and, and everybody, uh, out there. So thank, thank, thank you. Thanks for being someone who really, um, has has helped to give me the confidence to continue this vision forward with your support of my music and, and everything else like that. And um, I would like to kind of end on um, this note that um, it is that to anybody who is listening, to everybody listening, um, just remember that you are the only person that you are going to be with for every moment of every day of your entire life. So the relationship you have with yourself is the most important relationship that you're going to have. The relationship you have with yourself is what is going to translate to all of your other relationships. So it is no small thing to develop a good relationship with yourself, to learn to love, care for, and forgive yourself, because that will be how you love, care for, and forgive others. So um, be good to yourself, be kind to yourself, uh, you are enough. Beautiful, man. Thank you. Um, I know you mentioned uh, a couple times throughout the conversation about your upcoming projects and stuff, but yeah. why don't you just fill fill people in on what you have coming up, what they can look out for, and of course, we'll you know link to all your socials in the show description. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So right now, my album, 1111, is rolling out one single at a time. So we will be dropping a single every two weeks for the next uh, several weeks. Um, the first two singles, Tulum and Lotus Dream, are out now. 
Uh, they are out on Tribal Trap, and you can get them on every digital platform. The album is 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 a joint project with me and Tenka. So just look up Born Eye and Tenka, T-E-N-K-A, um, uh, Lotus Dream or Tulum. The next single coming out is called Guillotine, and it features TK Kavi. So be on the lookout for Guillotine. That is dropping uh, very shortly and several singles after that. And then um, in, in the summer, I will be releasing a single produced by a very special producer. <laughs> I'm going to keep it under wraps, but a very special producer who I've worked closely with. So you can just, there's many of them, but yeah. Um, and that'll be awesome. It'll be, I'll have a pretty cool animated video that comes out with that. And then after that, I'll be releasing my hip hop project in this moment. And uh, I'm, I'm looking for a home for that project now. We'll figure out whether I do it independently or, um, or if it comes out on the label. Um, you can find me on the uh, meditation side. You can find me on the Balance app. Uh, it's, it's available right now on Apple devices, and it'll be available in, by the end of the year on, um, on, uh, on Androids. Um, um, and that's called Balance. And, uh, yeah, follow me on Facebook. Join the, I, I prefer that you join the family, so just look up Born Eye Family, and uh, that's my Facebook group. And, uh, yeah, uh, my, uh, we'll, Ryan will share this, the rest of the socials and all that, all that. <laughs> yeah, we'll link to the uh, Facebook group as well, 100%. Cool. Uh, hell yeah, man. Well, again, thank you so much for, uh, for stopping by, and uh, I'm, I'm super excited to, to see where the future leads and excited to do another one of these with you. Absolutely, man. I'm, I, this, you, you asked great questions, and uh, it's great to be connected with you in this way, so ha I, I, I'm happy to be back anytime. Hell yeah, man. Thank you. Thanks, brother.